Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foe stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Psalm 30, 11, and 12 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosened my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I invite everyone to come up and worship with us.
lifted high, Jesus is lifted
just lift our hands and worship him? Magnify him in this place. Father, we see what you're doing. We see your hand at work. We see your Holy Spirit at work, Father, and we welcome you in this place. Lord, every heart that's in this place, Father, I pray it's open to you right now, God. You are welcome in this place. Sweep through this place, Father. Let us all feel your presence, Lord God. Let it change our hearts, Father. Lord, you are not through with this church, God. You have mighty things in store. Your Holy Spirit wants to do mighty things in this church, Father. just lift you up right now, Father. We praise you and we thank you for this new wave you're bringing in, Lord God, this new wave of your spirit. Lord, and I pray we operate in that, that we listen for your voice, Father. We're guided by your spirit. Lord, and we're a lighthouse for this community and the communities that feed into this church, God. Break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours lift you up and we praise you God we praise your name in Jesus name Come as you are. 
the morning O sinner be still Earth has no sorrow Heaven can't heal Earth has no sorrow Heaven can't heal So lay down your burdens Lay down your shame All who are broken Lift up your face Oh wonder some very, very talented kids and modified youth. And they know it's nothing that they're doing, it's God working through them, giving them that talent. Before I get started, this is going to be a little different service if you haven't seen that already. Uh, before I get started, I've got some kids that I want to share a testimony just for a minute each. That's what I told them, so they might get a little <laughs> tap on the shoulder. But um, I think, you know, and this is a big step for them. Some of them have shared their testimonies on Wednesday nights, and that's huge for kids to get up and speak what God's brought them through, what God's bringing them through, and have the boldness and courage to do that. And there's been some things peeled back in modified youth that these kids are dealing with that you guys will probably be blown away when you hear about them. But God's moving, and God's, he's just tearing back layers of their heart and just letting things be revealed, letting things come out where they can just be accepted and know that we're not perfect. We have hurts, we have pains, and we can let those out, and there can be healing in those things. So I'm thankful for that. Some of them want to share just real quick their testimony. I believe my first one is Miss Riley Greenwalt. Um, 
Um, so Winterfest has definitely changed the way that I worship. I worship more freely now, and it's amazing. I not only worship at church, but I worship more throughout the week as well when I'm not here. And the atmosphere at Winterfest was very different, and it was something that I have never seen before. It was very powerful, and it has taken a turn on the way that I look at everything definitely now. And the fire inside of me always wants more of the love of God and to see what he can do for everyone around me. And I hope the fire inside of our youth never burns out and it keeps spreading across our schools. Mr. Jay-Z, Jay-Zell O'Neal, where's he at? I'm going to brag on him just a little bit. He came in, uh, it's probably been a little over a year now, right? Close to that. Uh, he came in last year, and he shared, I'm not going to share everything he shared with me before, but God, he was dealing with a lot of stuff where he was from, a lot of stuff that a, a teenage boy shouldn't have to deal with. And he feels like God plucked him right out of there and put him right where he wanted him here with this youth group, this family. So I won't st steal any of your time. Here you go. Um, I'll stop here. I guess. <laughs> um, well, first, before Winterfest, well, my walk with God, it was, you know, shaky. It went the strongest. But after Winterfest, after I seen the things and how it changes people's lives. I wanted that. I wanted that fire. And the experience I had there was amazing. And not only for me, but for our, our youth. And it's, after that, me just leading to Christ more, getting a better relationship with him. And not only changed me, but the people around me. It's affecting others, others not just my life. And I just really just want that for everybody. Miss Molly, Molly McNeil, Smiley Molly. Oh, she's another one. I just want to say one quick thing on that. She is starting to, uh, my desire for all of them is to read the words, to study it, not just fly through it. I read today, Rick, I read. I want to know what you're reading. I want you to break it down, and I want you to get stuff out of it. And she's starting to realize that, that there's a lot to this. You know, if we just break this down and start to look into it, there's a lot of things that God wants us to see. And she's finding that in her life, and, and she smiles all the time. So the joy of Jesus just comes out of her. Um, like Rick said, I've been reading my word almost every day and trying to get stuff out of it and applying it to my life and trying to send messages to my friends, trying to get them to come back to Jesus and get the fire inside them as well. Um, after Winterfest, it was super powerful. Came back on Monday, and all the teachers were like, why are you guys so hyper? <laughs> You guys need to settle down, you know. And they even changed some of their lesson plans because of it, because we were, couldn't focus, because we were just worshiping pretty much the whole time. Um, so I just hope that our fire keeps going and that no one can burn us out, because we're, we're going for it. Miss Kayleen. Kayleen went with us on Winterfest also, and we saw a whole different side of Kayleen. We didn't realize the 
the uh, hyperkaline. She said at one time she was sweating caffeine. So. <laughs> so before Winterfest, I was kind of in a downward spiral. I, I had gone back into a depression. I even texted Rick the day before Winterfest, and I was like, you know, I'm sitting in class, and the thought of cutting myself when I get home from school is consuming me. I just, I just can't get it out of my head. I couldn't focus. I couldn't think about anything else but just going home and just cutting myself and hurting myself because I felt worthless and I, I, I didn't feel like I was good enough for anyone. And then at Winterfest, they talked about removing the chains of bondage and removing the chains of depression. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yep, that's for me. I went up to the altar. Oh my gosh. After that, God definitely broke those chains off because the joy I have... <laughs> The joy I have is, is like, I, I can't even express it. Like, I just want to smile. I just think about coming to church all the time, and I have so much joy that it annoys the people in my youth group. Uh, you can take your switch. <laughs> and there's a lot of them that would probably want to get up here now that the other ones have, but we got one more. Caitlin Hilliard's going to come up. Okay, so like before Winterfest, I was like, yeah, God's cool. He's still there for me, and I loved him and everything because that's how I was raised. Um, and when I went to Winterfest, I was expecting something kind of like church camp to happen. But when I got there, especially the second night, I, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was like, yeah, church camp was powerful, and it changed me. But Winterfest just brought the whole entire like soul of God into my entire body. And like, I don't know, it was just really powerful. And I like fell down and everything crying but now like every every week I would have like two or three bad days where I'd just be like in a really terrible mood and like not want to talk to anyone and I haven't had a bad day since Winterfest so Amen. God is good again um, I'm excited about what's happening in their lives I'm excited about what's contagious in their lives for the church also and I know God's going to do great things to them it's just a matter of like I talked about a couple of weeks ago dying to self and that commitment every day to want to serve him and he's going to pour into you just as much as you want it so I'm excited about that um, just excited again I don't know what else to say <laughs> I'm going to try to preach quickly um, I wanted them to be able to share that's important to me it's important for you guys to know what's going on in their hearts and lives and that can say so much more than I can stumble over in 15 minutes. So I wanted them to share. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to speak this morning on get there. Get there. What's our goal as a Christian? Where do we want to get? Heaven. We want to meet our Savior, right? So we're going to talk about that this morning. And they had showed a video at Winterfest. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with that a little bit. So let's picture the summer of 1992, the Olympics. Okay, let's go back. Anybody remember that? Some of you guys weren't around yet. Okay. In Barcelona, the event was the 400 meter dash. And a guy by the name of Derek Redmond was favored to win this. He was favored to win. Um, he was from Great Britain. And everybody going into it expected him to win. So he's getting warmed up for his race. Anybody ever seen track people, how they get warmed up? And, you know, they bounce around, get their legs stretched out. He got up there. I'm going I'm to attempt to make a lap around this church. 
Where's the rapid response team? <laughs> hey, I'm not sprinting, guys. Those days are over. Anyway, he's ready for the race. He's expected to win. Okay? Everybody's expecting him to win. He's been fast and qualifying, all that. It's his race. Okay? So he lines it up. I'm not going to squat down out of the blocks. And he takes off. And he's going a lot faster than this. And he's going to make his 400-meter dash. Everything's going great. This might be the first time this has been done. And he's going. And he's tired. He's going as hard as he can go. Things are looking great. Things are looking wonderful for him. He's supposed to win this race. It's happening. And then all of a sudden, something went wrong. And he pulls up. And he had blown out his hamstring on the backstretch. He was no longer leading this race. He couldn't go on. He couldn't even stand up. He collapsed on the ground in so much pain and agony. He knew he was done. He could not finish the race. Many of you guys in here this morning might be feeling that same way about your Christian walk. I've been through so much hurt. I've been through so much pain. I'm going through such a trial right now that I cannot, I don't think I can finish. I don't think I can get through this. I'm not sure I can finish the race. I'm not sure I can get there. My question this morning is, what do we have to do to get there? What do we have to do to get there? To finish the race of life in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you a couple things this morning to get you there. Everybody with me? You ready? A couple things. Number one, you have to fight. I'm not talking about physical. I'm not talking about your Facebook spats. You have to fight for your faith. You have to. With everything inside of you. 2 Timothy 4, 7 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, the Apostle Paul says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He's telling us he fought the fight. The good fight of faith. He went through things. He went through persecution. He went through pain. He went through suffering. But he had a fight. He fought through it. He fought through to the end. He kept battling. Could he have gave up? Can we give up? Yes, we see it all the time in people. They just give up on God. I'm done with this. But Paul didn't give up. He kept battling. He kept fighting. Never giving up. He had the heart of a champion, and we need that same heart in us. That we're going to overcome. And I, I'm, I'm the first one to tell you, I know things can get rough in your life. I've been through some rough times too. I know it. I know it. And I've, I've shared this before that I cursed God and told him I was done with him at one time. I know it can be hard, but we have to fight. We have to fight through those things. We have to keep on fighting and battling. So then we say, well, how do we fight? What, how do we fight when we can't even get ourselves up anymore? How do we fight? <clears throat> the first thing we need to do is focus on heaven, our finish line. Man, we just focus on heaven, where we're going. 
we'll start to realize that all the things that happen to us here, they're temporary. This isn't going to last forever. Eternity is. And if we, if we start focusing on heaven and what that's going to mean for us to, to, to just walk into those pearly gates and walk on those streets of gold and realize I don't have a care in the world, I'm just going to glorify my Savior every single day. And we start to realize that these are just temporary things we're going through. I have a home prepared for me that's going to be so much better than what's going on here. Focus on heaven. When you focus in on heaven and realize that the problems that I have here, they're, they're, really, they're really small in comparison to what Jesus has for me waiting up there. Really small. Our struggles here on earth, our loss here on earth, Again, it's going to be nothing compared to the joy that we receive when we enter in. Focus on heaven. Get there. I'm looking forward to the day where there's no more suffering, no more tears, no more pain. That's going to be a great day. I can wake up and my back doesn't hurt. Anybody been there? I was there this morning. <laughs> okay? Get there. Peace, joy, happiness all the time. Focus on heaven, the first way we can fight. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Ooh, that's good. I press on because I know what my destination is. I press on through the struggles, through the pain, through the hurt, whatever's going on in my family. I press on through that because I know what's on the other side of my life. I'm focused on heaven. In junior high, I was in track. I heard that. Somebody laughed over there. I was in track and field, believe it or not. I've shown off my six pack enough, I don't need to do it anymore. But I was in track. And one thing our coach has always told us, and I ran, yes, faster than that. One thing they always told us, and I took it with me because I started coaching track after that and used it, was never look behind you, never look to the sides of you while you're running. Because a lot of times when runners are doing that, they're trying to see, you know, how close is somebody behind me? How much room do I have here? But the minute you turn your head one way or another or look backwards, you slow down. You slow down you'll lose the race. I had a kid from Woodlawn that I coached. He was seated third or fourth in the 100-meter dash. He was winning the final. He was going to be a state champion. He got in the last 10 yards or so of that race and did this and did this to see where he was at, and he got third place. Slowed him down. And the 100-meter dash is a fast race. You can't afford little mistakes like that. Slowed him down. Paul's telling us the same thing here in Philippians 3, 13, 14. Forgetting the things behind me and I'm pressing toward the goal that's in front of me. If I start to lose my focus on that goal, I look right or left or behind me about stuff that's gone on in my past, I'm going to lose the race. I want to tell you guys, some of you in here, your past is history, okay? But it's not your destiny. 
Your past is your history, but it's not your destiny. It's not, what, it's not your final destination. You have a choice in that. As I was getting out of high school battling the depression and anxiety, I could have stayed in that for my entire life because that's just who I was. But that wasn't my destiny. That's not what God had me. That's not what he called me to do. He didn't call me to stay in that. He put me, like Jay-Z, he picked me up out of that and put me in a different direction and then I was heading straight towards him. Don't let your past define who you are. Walk in that destiny that God has for you. It's never too late to turn around and get, in, get started in a different direction. The second way we can fight is to discipline our bodies. Not talking physical because I don't do a very good job of that. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, 27. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul realizes that he's got to serve the Lord with everything he has and battle against sin. Every day, we have to serve God with everything we have because we're going to be battling against sin. Why? Because we are human. We have flesh that likes to rise up inside of us and try to take control of things. And if we don't, like I talked about a couple weeks ago, if we don't die to ourselves every day and kill off that flesh, we're going to start veering off course again. We're not going to get there by letting the flesh rise up and letting that sin take over in our life. Training the body. When a runner trains for a race, you think they just sit on the couch eating cheesecake, and I used Cheetos and peanut butter a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night. You think a runner that's training for a race for the Olympics is sitting there on the couch watching TV, just eating whatever? No. Disciplining their body, running, exercising, eating healthy, because if he wants to win the race that he's running, his body needs to be in tip-top shape. We have to discipline our body. If we want to win the race, if we want to get to heaven, we have to discipline ourselves and focus on what God has for us, not what the devil tries to throw in front of us. So easily get distracted. Keep our focus. Again, how can I discipline my body? I've got to crucify that flesh every day. I've got to press on towards heaven. So I'm focusing on heaven and I'm disciplining my body. That's how I'm going to fight. Focus on heaven and discipline my body. The second thing that we can do to get there is to look at our example in Jesus. Look at Jesus. Keep that focus on him. Sometimes that's hard to do when we face things. We face problems. If you've never been in youth ministry, this is, this is how a youth, youth group member's life goes. <sighs> It's up and down, crazy. One day they're on cloud nine. They can, they can fight Goliath any day they want to. And the next day, this, Make my, this stinks. My life stinks right now. I was like, I, I just thought the other day we were fighting Goliath. What? Am I right, guys? It's like that. Because there's so many things that make us lose our focus or distract us. And we should be looking at Jesus the whole time. Got to focus in on him. Anybody ever played this game in school? It's called the staring game. Anybody done that before? If you don't know what it is, you get with a person, 
You get kind of close, not close enough where it's awkward, but you get close to them and you just start staring at each other. And the first one to blink or look away loses. I wasn't very good at that game. My eyes would start burning, twitching, I'd start blinking. So anybody who played me usually won. But it's called the staring game. It's the same thing for us in our spiritual walk. Look at Jesus. Stare at him. That's the goal. That's the prize. That's the finish. That's the get there. Look at him. Because guess what? We fail sometimes. We get our eyes off of the prize, off of focusing on Jesus. But what does Jesus do? He, he never loses. He'll never lose in that game. He's not going to take his eyes off any of you. He's not going to lose focus on any of you. It doesn't matter how much we run away from him. He's still got us. He's still there waiting for us, focused in on us. And as soon as we call on his name, he's there. He's there. He does not lose focus on us. Get there. We have to fight. We have to keep our focus on Jesus. I've got to wrap up here. In a race of life, we've got a starting point, right? We've all got a starting point. What is that? As a Christian, when we accepted Christ into our heart, that's our starting point. And then we take off running and chasing after everything he wants for us in our life. We take off running for him. We want to get to heaven. That's our goal now as a Christian. We're in this race. And sometimes along the way, when you're running this race as a Christian, you're going to fall. You are going to fall. And that story I talked about in the beginning, Derek Redmond fell to the track. He could not get up. He wanted to finish inside. Even if he had to walk, he wanted to hobble through and just finish the race. He couldn't do it. All of a sudden, from the stands, his dad, sprinting out of the stands, past security, past everyone, goes and picks him up, puts him on his shoulder, and walks him to that finish line so he can finish that race. God's doing, Jesus is doing the same thing for us. I fall down, I mess up, and it happens. We're not perfect. Only one person walked the earth like that. It happens in our life. We're going to mess up. You guys are going to mess up. Jesus is right there to pick us up. He's there to pick us up. The important thing is when you're battling these things, don't quit. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on him. Stay in the race. Let him pick you back up. We have a heavenly father that loves us so much that wants us to make it. Up there cheering us on. You can do this. And also, we have a church family. My goodness, George talked hit on this last week. We have a church family that should be there for each other, that should pick each other up when one's hurting. When we, one hurts, we all hurt. When one's grieving, we're all grieving with them. There to pick each other up, there to love on each other. That's what a church family does. This is a great church family. My wife and I walked in here almost three years ago. We felt love. We, f we still feel love in this church. This is a great church family. We're here for each other. Amen. If I'm going through something, I know I can call several people in here. They're going to be right there with me. Amen. I know they're going to be there. They can help us. Everyone in this building can help you get back in the race and get up. As the drama team comes up, Kind of gets in their places, get things ready. One of George's short-term goals for our church was unity. And I believe we're getting 
We're getting there. We are getting there. We are realizing that God is so much bigger and in so much more control than things than we even realize. He's got his hand right on this whole, whole church, every single person in here. If you don't even go to church here and you came in today, God had his hand on you. He wanted you to be here. But you have this family in here. And there's going to be things in life, and this drama is going to portray that, that you're going to have to go through, you're going to have to deal with. We've got a father that loves us, that's calling us to him, and we've got a church family right here to help pick you up that cares about you. Just worshiping through this drama. Get there. Get there. Get there. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never been here before. Maybe you've never been in a church. But I, I know God's speaking to your heart this morning. The message of the gospel is simple. Jesus left heaven to come to earth to be in human form, to sacrifice himself for us willingly, went to the cross and died so that he could forgive you of your sins. You could have a relationship with him and at the end of your life you can join him in heaven. He didn't stay dead. Easter's coming up, he rose again. We can have life in him. And if you're here this morning and you're new to all this. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to get there. It does not matter what your past is. You can think you're the worst person in the world and you've done some bad things. That does not matter to Jesus. It doesn't matter to this church. He loves you. We love you. We want you to get there. It's my first altar call. I'm going to give two. It's just anybody in here as they play. Anybody in here. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. Or maybe you've fallen down like we talked about today. You fell down in this race. And you need to come up. You need to either rededicate or you need to accept him for the first time. I'm going to open these altars. I want to pray with you. We've got other people that will pray with you. Don't walk out of here without Jesus. Don't walk out of here without the one that died for you. If that's you this morning, as they sing, I want you to come. I want to pray with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
wait. If you need to get things right with God, let's do it. second altar call I want to give is I know there are people hurting inside this church right now and my second altar call is I want you to start praying right now for somebody that you can go seek out and you can pray with unity love caring for one another you know there's people in here that are dealing with stuff that they're going through things I want you to find somebody and bring them up here and let's pray that's all I'm asking you to do pray whoever God lays on your mind get with them and let's pray together let's go God lays somebody on your heart, go to that person. You can bring them to the altar, you can pray in the seat. I don't care, just go to them and find them, let's pray. Let's lift each other up, let's pick each other up. God lays people on your heart, find them. 